everyone, and welcome back to Unplug It. Terrific to be here again for 2020. We had a lot of fun in the latter stages of 2019, bringing you some chats with some St Kilda greats and having a look at what was a pretty tumultuous but uh, eventful uh, closing period to the season. It certainly is an exciting start to the 2020 year, which does get underway with the girls kicking it off for the AFLW this weekend against the Western Bulldogs, the Marsh Cup, starting just a couple of weeks later. That at Moorabbin also for St Kilda, who will play Hawthorne in that match match and also play Hawthorne in a bushfire charity match down in the Latrobe Valley, which a uh, very strong St Kilda contingent down in that part of the world as well. So hopefully we get along to that. Uh, as always, thanks to Lloyd Spiegel for our brilliant intro music. You can check him out at uh, lloydspiegel.com, www.lloydspiegel.com to check all of that out. And you can follow those links via our socials as well. We'll have a a couple of chats uh, introducing you to some of our St Kilda AFLW girls over the next little while. Kate Sheila, one of the captains of the Saints, will join us. Comes with a lot of experience at 30 years of age. And at the other end of the age spectrum, Olivia Vesely will join us and uh, we'll hear from her about the build-up to her debut in the AFLW. She's been one of the stars for the Southern Saints in the VFLW. There's plenty to talk about outside of that as well. Bit of state of origin, obviously not too far away where the Saints will be involved and obviously now we're counting down to round one and a really important game against North Melbourne for the boys. Darren Parkin is my name. I welcome Aaron McGrath and Nick Splitter back for another year. H, first of all, nice to have you with us again. Happy New Darren. Um, hopefully, as we know, year of the rat. Hopefully year <laughs> of the ratten. Um, just, yeah, looking forward to getting to all of it. A couple of big weeks coming up. Get down there. Let's have a look at it and get right into the season. Footy at Moorabbin, Nick. It's uh, going to be nice to be sitting out in the terraces. Unfortunately, last time we were at Moorabbin, it was uh, Danny Frawley's funeral. But it'll be not. We're actually talking then about how good it'd be to watch some footy there, and we'll get the chance. Yeah, very different circumstances to last time. It's, it's nice to be back in the studio. It's been been a couple of weeks. It has. Uh, yeah. It feels like it's been forever. But no, it's nice to have a, a new season to look forward to. And what better way to kick it off than footy at Moorabbin? That's right, and, and groundbreaking football too. The, the very first time uh, our AFLW girls will take to the park. We, we've always felt that they probably should have been one of the, the foundation teams, but uh, our squad, which obviously can be, be found online, it, it's come together pretty well. The, the one theme I keep getting from people that look at the season say that St Kilda has not, not necessarily genuine superstar power, but a lot of X factor. They look at us as a side that's very balanced, but with a lot of players that are capable of doing Anything they talk about players that can have five minute bursts where they can kick two or three and go midfield forward and, and an unpredictable side, so it should be a lot of fun to watch. It's got a bit of everything this list. I think there's mm. there's a lot of experience, but there's also, like you said, some some X factor and some skill. Uh, some of the young girls coming through really highly rated, uh, but you know, ability to find your own ball, good skills, and, and run all day. Really kind of you know, tough, hard at the ball girls. Um, looking forward to watching them. Yeah, and Jamie Cox mentioned in the previous um, pod that he believed the list. He goes, they're very even. Um, no one's no one's going to really, really stand out. Um, I mean, we've picked out some second level players, probably from other teams, um, not their big stars, but players who were getting games, players who always showed it on the field already. Um, and then a lot of young guns from the v- VFLW and um, all the junior programs. So a lot to look forward to there. We've also got looking at, at some of the experienced players that we've brought across. Nat Exxon's played a lot of football in the AFLW across its history thus far. Um, obviously, uh, Kate McCarthy's comes with a, a wealth of experience 
as well. The, the skipper that we'll hear from later, Kate Shearlaw, formerly playing with uh, with Carlton as well. We've seen Melissa Kyes in the competition. A few interesting ones there. Nadia Von Bertok, her, uh, well, she's from South Australia, so... Uh, she, I'll check if it was a sister or a cousin who would have captained Australia in netball. So, well, I think uh, she she captained the North Adelaide, yeah, uh, SANFL. Of course, well, Natalie Von Berto was a, a captain of Adelaide in the ANZ Championship and captained Australia by extension. So, um, comes from a very good sporting family. So, yeah, it'd be, be interesting to see how that all comes together. And we know our uh, our prized early draft selection, uh, which is um, obviously a Georgia Patrikios, which will be very very interesting. Uh, to see how she goes, she's certainly got a, a heck of a lot of talent. Yeah, I think one of the things that, that came out of out of the draft day was uh, Peter Searle saying that it, it wouldn't have mattered if we had picked one. We still would have picked Georgia Patrikios, which mm. is, uh, you know, massive raps, massive raps for the young girl. Certainly is. Uh, so in terms of expectations, what what should we be hoping to expect? Because it sounds like anything is, is possible. A conference system makes it interesting. So... Seven teams in each conference, of which three play finals on each side. So you end up with six teams playing finals. Last year, the conferences were stacked in a lopsided fashion. So you probably had the four best teams in one conference. Carlton, in the end, sort of broke their way into that. They were pretty good by the end of the year. But North Melbourne, Adelaide, Melbourne, Fremantle were all probably the strongest sides and they were on one side. So it's hard to know. I think our conference has got a... A couple of standout teams in there, but there is an opportunity for us. It does look like it's evened out a bit more this year than yeah. actual conferences. But just just competitive showing. That's, that's all you can ask for in a first season, really. I mean, a wins are bonuses, really. Yeah. Um, go in there, try try to get some results, but I'm gonna rock be competitive. The, I'm going to rock the boat. I reckon finals. Finals are the goal, I reckon. I think that, like you said, the, the, the conference system makes things unpredictable. Mm. No one would have thought five weeks or six weeks into last year that, that Carlton would be playing off in finals and, and grand final. Um, Cause let's be honest, they weren't great. They weren't great last year, but just because of the way that the, the system was built and the, and the conferences that, you know, they kind of snuck in and, and they made it count. Mm. St Kilda has been building this list for, for a good three years. Um, and, and Peter Searle has been at the, the, the head of that uh, along with guys like Jamie Cox and, and obviously some of the other footy department, but this, this team and this list has been built for, for this reason and, and this purpose and, and this season. And I think they'll be aiming, they'll be aiming definitely for finals. So analyzing our conference. So we've got Carlton who played in the grand final, who I think will be a similar side that they lose Brianna Davy to Collingwood. So that Big hurts loss. them. Mm-hmm. Collingwood, who I think will be a lot better. They've been probably the worst team in the comp over the history of this competition, but Shani Layton's looking all right for them in the ruck and, and they've recruited pretty well. Fremantle may be the best side in the competition. Mm. Potentially. Possibly. Uh, Melbourne are always experienced, but have underachieved to a degree. West Coast are also new like us. And the Western Bulldogs, obviously, who we play this week, um, who are probably in a little bit of transition. Pretty quick side, not a bad lost, side. Lost a lot of players. Yeah, they did, but but not a bad side. So uh, there are some opportunities in that group. I would think that Fremantle are probably our biggest problem in that conference. But um, Who we play in Perth, I yeah, believe. Yeah, so. that's right. Yeah. So, but... The rest of it seems okay. Uh, there's usually the odd cross-conference game in there too. So um, I think we play a cross-conference game. Is it Richmond? Uh, yeah, pretty sure we Richmond play Richmond. at Punt Road, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah that's our, yeah. Uh, that may well be our cross-conference game. So um, and the other side, obviously, Adelaide, Brisbane, Geelong, Gold Coast, GWS, North and Richmond. That, probably that, is, that is a really just, strong I just think it's up. It's actually yeah. West Coast. We West Coast. over in Perth, but Freo here. Freo here, okay. Yeah. Freo at Moorabbin. Yep. There you go. Hostile for the Dockers. It'll give us a <laughs> give us a reasonable chance. So 
just some details also on the game. We, we encourage everybody to head along. A couple of things around that. So it's at RSEA Park, and we know there's a lot of um, rail works going along around the area. So the club wants to advise that uh, buses are replacing trains between Frankston and Moorabbin. So if you're coming the other direction from the city, maybe not so bad, but from Frankston to Moorabbin, Maybe a little bit of an issue. There is parking in the area, as most people that have used to go to Moorabbin would know, but it's in the surrounding streets, not so much. That, residential areas. Yeah, so uh, have a look at that. Um, you could chance your, your luck in the Woolworths car park if you wanted to. <laughs> Roll the dice that the ticket inspectors aren't around. But um, And we've got the special edition record available this week with the headline, Together We Rise. That's available on our socials as well. You can get that for 10 bucks, uh, which talks about the, the history of St Kilda leading up to this point. The cover's got... Uh, Trevor Barker, Tony Lockett, Darryl Bulldog. Darryl Bulldog, Jack Billings from the modern era uh, on the front as well, and obviously leading into our AFLW uh, transition. So that's something that's... I think that's Georgia Patricios. Georgia Patricios, yeah, that's right. So um, that's, that is something that, that we very much look forward to. And uh, as a reminder, that there'll be kids' activities and jumping castles and the like. So, And buy a membership, saintsmembership.com.au, where our numbers are tracking pretty well, H, I think, overall. Overall, around about the thirty-eight thousand mark, yeah, which is uh, which is very good to see. So, uh, a couple other things uh, worth talking about before we jump into some of our um, listener questions as well. One of our own, we can say, Jared Ruffhead is an <laughs> AFL Life member. He he looks good in the red, white, and black, doesn't he? He does. Mm. Suits him. How was his uh, um, pass the other day? In there, yeah, it was a good peg. <laughs> the quarterback throw that was yeah. a very good hit yeah, very on Ben McGlynn, I think, bit, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And a bit harder with an AFL football to do too, as well. So, oh yeah, but um. Yeah, just, just quietly, Ben McGlynn ran a pretty good route around the around the boundary <laughs> line there. So it was it was uh, impressive, looking pretty good. Of course, Benny McGlynn will coach Sandringham uh, this year, which is a, a nice little transition for for him into that role. But looks to be a pretty happy club at the moment. Obviously, you've got to go and turn that into results on the field for for the guys. But but signs are pretty good for Max King. We saw Dougal Howard taking an absolute. Hanger at uh, at training the other week. Dan Hanabry's on track to play our first Marsh Cup game. So, touch wood. Um, so far, the signs are good. Generally, the only news you get at this time of year is bad news, and we haven't mm. had any of that. So. No, but um, seeing them all happy running around and having fun, that sort of thing, that's the first thing you want to see. If they're all turning up going, oh, we're training, we're training, that sort of thing. Mm. And, but they all look happy as a group and just they, they seem to want to get into it now too. It certainly feels like the most positive kind of preseason that we've had for a number of years. Um, I, it's funny. We had Chris Tochi on the, on the podcast in the last episode of, of 2019. Uh, and he was saying that he still can't watch training when Max King's out there. Cause he, yeah. just, he gets so nervous, but uh, <laughs> you know, everyone we talked to Max King is flying and uh, you know, showing the boys who have been in the system for a long time, showing them how to play the game and, and he's showing them up on the track as well, so it's uh, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, we saw, saw yeah. the return of the hot cross bun jumper on the training track yeah, too. I was yeah. With, yeah. with the yellow peril, that's terrific. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> no, no pure milk on the front. No, uh, actually, an underrated jumper. We wore it in a grand final in '97. Yeah, the hot cross I, bun, yeah, I like it. I think I've most of us one of most of us have got one at home yep, somewhere. Yeah, a couple, I think. Yep. Is that that's not going to be a? We're going to use that at some stage as a no, it's training, training training top. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we should certainly be in, introducing that as a put some white on it as a base or whatever and make that yep. a class jumper. Yeah, I agree. I, it's one of my favourite. Yeah, numbers. terrific. It's great to see it back. We, mm. I was talking about it with someone the other day, and then St Kilda showed up in it the next day. So this is fantastic. <laughs> um, before we have a chat to a couple of our AFLW girls, can't help but feel that how important round one is going to be for the men's side. So after mm. they play North Melbourne, we've got Richmond at Marvel. And then West Coast at Marvel. So potentially the two best teams in the AFL. 
immediately after that North game. So we're going to want to hit the ground running and be in reasonable shape going into that fortnight. It looks like the Danny Frawley tribute game will be that round two match. I think it's West Coast actually in round two yep. and then Richmond in round three. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be really important to get off to a good start. Uh, both those teams, Richmond and West Coast, have had the wood on us for, for a couple of years. Um, but it, this is going to be a very different St Kilda footy club. Yeah, I think West Coast at Marvel Gettable. could be a game that we yeah. could early in especially the season, with the, especially with the emotion of the occasion. Early in the season, Gettable. yeah, we hopefully can go into the Richmond game two zip. Well, that, I hope that'd, that'd be yeah. fantastic. Really, we were hopeless against West Coast last year, and they beat us by what thirteen points. Not much, points? yeah, yeah, something like that. So. Nothing went our way that day. Nah, and and we played pretty well in the first half against Richmond too. Yeah, well, four goals G. up just yeah. before half time. Yeah, yeah. Well, three quarters basically, and then yeah, that was it. Mm. Got to beat, got to beat North though. Yeah, yeah. have to have to start well, and they'll look at it the same because mm. I think they play Brisbane at the Gabba in round two. So, big opportunity for for both of those sides in a similar position. Uh, well, we are going to introduce you to a couple of our AFLW girls now. We're going to start with the skipper. The AFLW players get to inspire and ignite the Bayside community and create a place whereby a new generation will find a new place and sense of belonging. When you watch this team, you'll feel the emotion, you'll feel the hard work and sacrifice that they will all have made, but you'll also feel the joy when they play football true to themselves. You can be a club that's been in existence for 100 years or you can be a new team. Every team, every club faces challenges. But the support from this room is important to the playing group. And we acknowledge the role that the loved ones have played and will continue to play. And that is why we've invited the loved ones here to present the jumpers to their players. Some have come from interstate and given up their lives. Some put studies on hold and reduced financial situations, all to play the game that they love. We are proud, we are one, we are relentless, we are ourselves. Play to your strengths, believe in yourself, look to grow, have fun and play footy because you love it and you love wearing the red, white and black. Let's own it in 2020. Thank you. Well, as we mentioned, the countdown is on to Sunday, the launch of St Kilda's inaugural AFLW team, first season, and Moorabbin, a bit of a throwback to the olden days. They'll take on the Western Bulldogs, ironically coached by a former club legend in Nathan Burke, who will make his coaching debut at his old home ground of Moorabbin. So a fair bit of significance around that. Kate Sheilor has been given the opportunity to captain St Kilda on their debut, a historic moment for her, she will wear the number 12, which is obviously a famous number among skippers of the Saints. Uh, Kate, thanks for joining us and congratulations on that honour. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. And I guess we saw Nick Rewalt do a bit of a promotional video during the week about the game as, as well. And I'm sure you are, you don't need reminding of the significance of captaining St Kilda in the number 12. Yeah, he actually um, came came down to training, uh, was it the other night, and um, sort of sort of gave a few few nice words to the group and yeah just the uh, significance of the women having a team at St Kilda and how much that means to the whole club so that was pretty special. Kate, uh, Nick Splitter here, thanks for joining us on the show. Um, 15 games last year in the in the VFLW for the Southern Saints, obviously you had a pretty good year leading to signing with the, with the St Kilda women's team. Um, what was it like after two years out, obviously you played for Carlton in the first couple of years of, of Carlton's 
time in the AFLW. What's it like being back in the, in the big show? And, and you kind of, has it made you hungrier having that year out? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was pretty devastating to be delisted from Carlton. Like I, I had a, enjoy, really enjoyed my time there, but when you get told that you're not wanted, it's kind of a bit of a that rejection feeling, and it's it's not great. But then I kind of I I felt sorry for myself for a little while, and then I sort of reflected on what I needed to get better at and what what would help me get back to the top level. And I still believe that I could perform at that level, so I guess that drove me. And um, I was lucky enough to join. Um, Pete and the Saints in Vivo and that's just helped helped my footy massively so I'm feeling confident coming into this season but um, yeah we'll just keep working hard and see how we go. Yeah as you mentioned you've been there at Carlton the first year of the competition. Um, How's the comparison between the two teams in the start-up? Obviously Carlton's the first year and this St Kilda's now coming in as a new team. Can you feel much difference or is it similar feeling or how's it all? all? Yeah I guess um, St Kilda have had three years to kind of look at what's worked and what hasn't worked, get a lot of feedback from girls from various clubs. And I think it's been pretty seamless so far. I mean, Carlton had no nothing to go off of. So it's always going to be difficult that first year, I think. And they did get some things wrong, but they were always open to feedback. And I think their program's pretty strong now. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd say there's, there's a few differences, but it's mainly, I think, just experience and um, being able to learn from other clubs. We saw last year Geelong, who had a group that stayed together in the VFLW, come into the competition with much the same players, with a couple of recruits from from other clubs, ended up playing in the grand final. Admittedly, they came from a a conference that was maybe slightly weaker, but St Kilda looks similar in that you compare us to, say, Richmond, who have gone and recruited a lot of big-name players like Katie Brennan. We've had a group that stayed together for quite some time. Do you feel that that is going to be an advantage with so many new sides in that you all know each other pretty well? Yeah, I, I really hope so. I think um, the pre-season in AFLW is really short at the moment, so we only start end of November. And to just chuck a whole 30 group of girls that don't know each other in that short time is pretty difficult to to get to know each other and gel and um, play well together. So I think we do have that advantage. So hopefully... We know we know the game plan that Pete wants to play. I mean, there's been a few adjustments because VFL and AFL is different, but um, it's all very, very fairly similar, and the girls are very comfortable with each other. So it's just been about um, getting the new young kids and the other recruits in, and just making them feel as comfortable as possible. And Kate, how have those new guys come in and settled into the group? Obviously, you know, girls like Nat Exxon and and the the draftees and that sort of stuff. How have they kind of um, assimilated into the group that was, you know, as, as Darren said, and, and as you've already said, that kind of had that bond already from, from last year in the VFL? Um, yeah, amazing, to be honest. Um, Nat Exxon's one of the most chilled characters you'll ever meet, so she doesn't have any problems fitting in, and the young kids have, have slotted in. Um, and then a couple of the interstate girls have also been um, seamless in their transition. So it's, it, it we haven't really felt like that they haven't been part of the VFL program. You kind of don't don't remember who wasn't part of the VFL, which is really, really great. Now, every report you hear from everyone during the off-seasons and everything is every player's flying and everyone's firing on the track. Who, who are the ones that are, who have shown on the track that they're going to be the ones to watch, they're going to be the ones who are going to lead this team to wins and hopefully success? Yeah, well, I guess you've got your normal ones like you know, Exxon's, but I guess... One of my one of my good friends, Tilly Lucas Rod, I think she's come from Carlton as well, and 
she's been put in the back line and I think she's much more comfortable there and she's playing her best footy um, down there. So she's one to watch. Um, I think uh, Adelaide girl Hannah Priest, she's competitive beast also in the back line, so she's one to watch. I'd probably... Georgia Petrikios, the young gun that we picked up, is just just a natural footballer and pretty special with some of the stuff she can she can do. And probably the other one, without naming the whole team, um, <laughs> Rosie Rosie Dillon. Um, she's just a footy brain, very smart footballer, and she's an inside mid, so she can do some special stuff as well. Tapping into Peter Searle as well, who's been with the group for a while, was an assistant with the men's team and then obviously took on the, the VFLW program and has been nurturing a lot of you. In terms of how you found who you spoke about, the influence she's had, but obviously having her the whole way through and, and what some of her strengths are. Yeah, um, she's an incredible football brain, so I try and pick her brains as much as possible and I feel like she's helped my footy a lot. Um, I I guess she sits down and goes through vision with every single player every week um, and just helps. It's in constructive feedback around positioning and, you know, that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, she's just, she's just so, there's so much knowledge to tap into. So um, that's probably the main thing. Kate, we saw some vision uh, about a week or so ago from the practice match of Kate McCarthy flying down the wing um, without giving too much away around the game plan and that sort of stuff. But how, how will... Kate McCarthy be used? Is, is she going to play you know, majority of, of game time up the ground or have they considered putting her deep uh, in forward line, pl- kind of playing out of the square, I guess, like a, a Charlie Cameron has in, in the AFL? Yeah, she's one that's really impressed me as well because um, in her time at Brisbane, she, she showed glimpses of just magic, um, but I think she's been really consistent at Saints and Pete's obviously helped her a lot with her footy as well, so um I'm really excited about what she's going to do. I think I think you'll see her all over the ground. Um, her fitness has probably improved as well because she's uh, she's just so fast. Her her um, top speed with the GPS is just incredible. So if she gets goal side, then yeah, it's pretty um pretty ominous for the opposition. I would have thought. Final one for me before we play that. Now there's a little game uh, they do in the football record every week, which is a football record pocket profile. So we might throw a few of those sort of rapid fires at you in a minute. But the Moorabbin factor for those of us that that are sort of our age here hosting. We have very slim memories of, of games at Moorabbin. I only have the, the vaguest of, of memories there. And, and as supporters, we're extremely looking forward to being able to watch St Kilda play at Moorabbin, the AFLW, and then the, the practice match in the JLT for the, the men a couple of weeks later. Uh, in terms of capturing that experience, I mean, the club being back at Moorabbin is terrific. How significant is that for for, for all of you to, to, I guess, get that appreciation to, to be playing at the, the spiritual home, which we haven't done for so long? Yeah, I guess I'm the same and most of the group is the same. We're probably too young to really appreciate it. Um, and I wasn't a St Kilda supporter growing up, so it's a bit harder for me. But the stories that I've heard, particularly from Pete <laughs> and others around the club, it, it really does mean so much. So that rubs off on all the girls. And we don't take lightly what like the opportunity that we've got for the club and um, for the group of us. So it's pretty special. And I think Sunday might be a very emotional day for a lot of people. I think so. So time for a bit of a footy record pocket profile. So we'll throw a few of these questions at you so our fans can sort of get to know you a little bit behind footy. Any pre-game superstitions? We hear about players that always tie my left boot first or always sit right here or do that. Are there any things that you have to do, say, in the morning routines and things like that before a game? Um, My main ones are just the same undies and sports bar every time. (laughs) And the last thing I do before I leave the house is brush my teeth. So... 
that has to be the last thing. Other than that, <laughs> everything's pretty chilled. Uh, Kate, what do you do to relax outside of footy? I uh, play with and walk my um, golden retriever puppy, so he's <laughs> he keeps me fairly busy. What's his name? Archie. Beautiful. Pretty good. <laughs> um, obviously, they're all pretty new, but have you got a teammate who uh, either one you like hanging around the most or who is the most annoying? Um, Tilly Lucas Rod would be the most annoying, but also <laughs> also loves spending time with her, so good and bad. Yep. Favourite movie slash TV show, so if it's Netflix or whatever it may be? Uh, I'm a sucker for Coach Carter or any sports in Spo movies, so it's a bit, bit lame, but yeah, I could watch them over and over. Who's your favourite band or musician? Uh, the Killers. Like it. Um, this pro-game meal, what, what's something that you eat? that you'll eat before a match or the night before you play? Uh, yeah, just lots of carbs. So um, spaghetti bolognese or stir fry with lots of rice in it or something like that. Nothing superstitious. No fish and chips, Kevin Bartlett style. Uh, Kate, good luck on uh, Sunday when it all gets underway. You'll have a, a legion of supporters behind you. It's terrific that St Kilda, who have been one of the pioneers in women's football, get this recognition, this opportunity on Sunday. So go well and hopefully a big start. Thank you so much. Hope to see lots of people down there on the weekend. Thank you. Hey, guys. Rui here down at RCA Park. Can't wait to see this place full of red, white and black on Sunday at 3.10 as we take on the Western Bulldogs. First game in history for the St Kilda AFL women's side. It's free entry, so see you all here on Sunday. We're excited now to catch up with Olivia Vesely, one of the more exciting prospects we've got coming through the St Kilda AFLW side. Uh, uh, played 15 games, averaging 17 and a half disposals, at four tackles and a couple of marks per game with the Southern Saints. Drew, what was a very good VFLW season for the St Kilda girls. She won the VFLW Rising Star Award, which is a Debbie Lee medalist. She was inducted into the AFL Hall of Fame, Debbie Lee just this week. In fact, the AFL Life membership, rather, she was granted just this week, and she was in the VFLW Team of the Year and won the Sandringham Best and Fairest back in uh, a couple of years ago. Olivia, thanks for, for joining us. Thanks so much for having me, guys. We had a little bit of a chat off air, but what's the overriding emotion ahead of Sunday? Excitement, nerves, uh, almost uh, trying to get it to hurry along, almost impatient a little bit. What's the, the main emotion? Oh, I think definitely nerves, um, nerves and excitement, a lot of excitement and nerves and probably, oh, I'm trying to stay um, pretty calm, I guess. I don't know. I'm like trying to, um, I guess, take it all in before Sunday because I think Sunday will be crazy quick and yeah, I'm very excited. We'll start a little bit with yourself. Um, what was your background in football? Did you play all throughout juniors? Did you have family members who played as well, anyone who got you into football, who did you look up to, What it, what is your football background? Um, I started probably at school, just playing in the schoolyard and then I played under 11s at East Melbourne Knights and um, I actually stopped after one season um, and because my mum and dad weren't so keen <laughs> on me playing with the boys, um, so I just ended up playing at Melbourne Primary um, and I had a great teacher there, a um, couple of teachers actually, and they kept. We had we had a great girls team, and we actually won the state championship in year five and six. Um, and then I didn't play throughout high school until year ten, 
or year 11 actually when I went to a talent search and I just got picked up at the talent search by Damien Keeping and Shiloh Curtis and then I luckily got into the state team I don't really know how and then played my fifth like proper game of footy on the MCG which was pretty awesome um very very grateful for that experience and then um went back and started playing Sandy again um yeah that's pretty much it and then just got into the VFL. Liv, obviously you had a, a, a pretty stellar season with the Southern Saints in, in 2019 and, uh, and Sandringham before that. How, how have you found the step up from VFL to, to AFL level? And being with the same group, have you noticed much of a change? Oh, the step up from VFL to AFL has been... Oh, it's, it hasn't been too much too great. I think um, we were very lucky in the fact that we had such a great VFLW program and a really awesome bunch of girls that um, built up like most of the list. Um, Pete also made sure that everyone was pretty much on the same page as like we all were working towards the goal of AFL. Even if we didn't get picked for the AFL side, that, that was the standard that was set. Um, I think... Going to the AFL, obviously the step up's been pretty big and I've noticed the training and everything's been um, much like much more elite and there's been a lot a lot of um, girls that have been driving like that those standards like, you know, Kathy, Kate McCarthy, um, Nat Exxon, uh, a lot of the girls that have played AFL already. But um, I think the fun, I've just had so much fun and the list has changed a tiny bit from VFL but a lot of the girls stayed, which made it um, also quite easy to, I guess, um, continue building our structures and skills. You, you mentioned the list and, and the fact that it hasn't changed too much. It, it feels like the, the, the club as a whole, and, but I think the, the midfield particularly has, has really been built to, to compete from day one. Uh, you know, big bodies, strong, you know, tackle, how to find the footy, uh, Girls like Ali Drennan, Nat Exxon, AFLW experience, uh, even some of the mature ages that, that the club's brought in from from Adelaide and, and such. How, how do you feel about the, obviously it's exciting, but the striving for greatness, I guess, from, from day one. How does, how does that sitting with, with the club at the moment? Oh, it's so insane. I can't, I can't um, get over how, how much everyone has, um, has really valued those those goals I think more so like the yeah as you said I think the midfield obviously has been um Pete's like she's put a lot of work into us but I think the whole list is really deep and we all push each other and yeah the Adelaide girls that have come over have been or oh, they've been like even without none of them have played AFL but they've been so um insane in helping us all pushing us all um Ali Drennan has, you know, you know what she's like. She chats a lot and um, is probably one of the hardest working on the team and deserves so much. So those people have really driven um, standards and I think made us as a group a lot closer. Um, and I think the fact that, you know, um, it's there's not a lot of us that have played AFLW, so we're all trying to be the best we possibly can be and almost prove um, a couple of people wrong in like preconceived ideas that they have on us as a team, just because we don't have any like huge, huge names. 
um, is really it's so exciting, and I'm I'm really grateful to be a part of uh, like such an awesome group. Step one in that journey is to try to beat the Western Bulldogs on Sunday, coached by a former St Kilda legend in Nathan Burke. But they won the first premiership in this competition. They've lost Katie Brennan in the off season across to Richmond. Uh, I believe they're the shortest team in the competition across the board, so that would expect that they're probably going to run a bit and, and that would probably give, give an insight into the way they play. But what are you expecting from them? And, and I guess how much analysis have you done into, I guess, what it's going to take to knock them off? Yeah, I think they're a really, um, as you put it, um, well-seasoned well side. And I think it's going to take a lot to knock them off. Um, but I think Pete put a lot of focus on us and um, our structures have been really strong building over the past summer. Um, and we all have a lot of faith in her and what she's put to us as a group and how we, um, as a team, how the backs and the mids and the forwards work together. I think that's going to be the key to um, getting on the scoreboard and having a good game against them. Obviously, they're going to be quick, as you said. I didn't even know that they were the shortest in the in the league, but... <laughs> Yeah, they're definitely, we've been told they're going to be quick, but I think we've got a lot of pace and we also have a lot of height, so I think that will work to our advantage. Um, we haven't really focused too much on them, I have, I have to say. I don't feel like I know a huge amount of them or like how they play. I think it's been really good to have the coaches talk about you know, our game plan and the fact that we've trained really hard and can can put up a good fight. I think that's really positive and exciting. Now, yeah. has anyone come in and spoken to you about the the history of the club and what it means to be playing for the, with the colours and Moorabbin as a venue? And has anyone really gone to the depth of that as what, what it really all means? Uh, yes, definitely. I think, well, for start, I think Pete has told us many stories about how she grew up and um, went down to Linton Street and was on the shoulders of many of the players and how much and how significant um, this weekend will be. But we had Rui come in last night and just him coming in and um, speaking to us about how much he values it as well puts a lot of, um, not pressure on us, but I guess it makes it feel real and it makes it feel, um, yeah, just really significant and a very big milestone for the club. I think even the boys have and um, Rats especially have gotten around us and had a really quite a few conversations about it being, you know, a moment in history that the whole club can be proud of, not just us as the AFLW side, but um, the men and all the staff. And I think, yeah, I just, I'm very excited for the, <laughs> for the um, ground to be ready and be able to play on. And just to reiterate for everybody, so it's 3.10pm on Sunday against the Western Bulldogs at Moorabbin. Entry is free for all members and fans, but obviously we encourage you to sign up as a member. You will get in free uh, as a supporter on the day. So uh, the St Kilda AFLW Home Games non-ticketed events. Uh, There'll be plenty of things there as well. So food truck alley, face painting and photo booths, zooper duper giant water slides, kid zones with inflatable activities. There'll be giveaways for 
kids and adults as well. There's a few other ways you can watch it at the, the lawn and, and various other things as well. And you can pick up the commemorative footy record. We've got the cover of that on our social medias as well, which is basically commemorating the significant step for the football club. And it's uniting a lot of our past heroes. So on the cover, you've got guys like Tony Lockett and, and like that, obviously moving in to this modern era which is very exciting. Uh, Olivia, before we let you go, we're going to play a little bit of the footy record pocket profile as we introduce you to a lot of fans. And I get the feeling from the conversation that a lot of our supporters are going to have a, a, a bit of fun watching you play over the next few years. But uh, who's your favourite athlete of all time? Anyone who's ever spoken to me knows that I love Roger Federer. But uh, who's your favourite athlete of all time? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I'd have to say... Oh, maybe, um, well, I would have said Roger Federer as well, but I'll go with, like, Caroline Wozniacki. Not bad. Or, like it. Yeah. <laughs> Liv, what's your biggest fear? Oh, my biggest fear. I hate deep, like, really deep waters, the, like, bottom of the ocean. Yeah, that's or, pretty scary. Um, out of space. Yeah, no, that's pretty scary. Fair call. Um, now, I asked you earlier about you growing up and that. Who'd you barrack for growing up? Um, I'm back to the D's. There you go. There's a few XDs playing for us this year as well. But um, one, another one from me. Further to that, your favourite athlete. Who's the most famous person you've actually met? Oh, well, I was actually a ball kid at the Australian Open. So I ball kid for Roger Federer. So I'd oh, have there to you go. <laughs> right I've at met, the top of the tree. I've never really met him, but I've, bought, I've held Been close cow, enough. <laughs> I was sure you were going to say yeah. Nick Rewalt. I was sure. <laughs> <laughs> is there a is there a favourite band or a pump up song that you listen to before a game to get you get you hyped? Oh, yeah, um, actually, more recently, I love Purple Hat the song, um, but I probably love Florence and the Machine Dog Days. Can you can I you give I'm us a, can you give us yeah. a few bars of Purple Hat? Because I'm not sure I've heard that one. No, no, definitely not. I cannot. I got picked up last time to sing a song and I'm not doing it again. <laughs> <laughs> um, and obviously all new teammates, but who, who's your favourite teammate down the club? Oh, I don't have a favourite. If I, if I give a favourite, I will have... They're not listening, come on. <laughs> well, um, who, who's the most I, annoying then? Oh, the most annoying... Probably Tilly, Tilly Lucas Rod. Well, that's two. That's two. two, two. <laughs> we're going to have to uh, obviously check that over the journey, but um, I think we've got a bit of it there. Liv, thank you very much for uh, for joining us. All the very best of luck for uh, for Sunday. We, we certainly wish you well, and we, we encourage all Saints fans to get along. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks for the chat. It's been awesome. Thanks, Liv. Olivia Vesely joining us there, and yeah, I think I'm old. That that I've gone well past music like that. I would say <laughs> never heard that ever before, but probably says more about me than it does about Liv. I would think. I'm going to finish with some social media questions coming through from our listeners, and you can send some through to us. You can email us unplugged at gmail dot com and. And you can get in touch with us via our socials as well, facebook.com forward slash unplugged, twitter.com forward slash unplugged, and unplugged podcast on Instagram. You can catch this podcast, uh, iTunes, Wooshka, Facebook, wherever you listen to podcasts, 
You can find it. Our first question was from Shay Williams saying, will you be covering AFLW? And the answer, Shay, is yes. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we can pretty confidently <laughs> yeah. say yes to that one. We can. What else have we got on the uh, the questions? Uh, Jordan Pierce is p- potentially jumping the gun a little bit early, but uh, he's asked, who will be the opponent that we beat in the grand final? Men's or women's? Or both. Take your pick. Gold Coast? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, the women will beat Fremantle in the grand final because I've declared them the best team, and the men will beat Richmond. Oof. So Oof. there we go. Any um, challenges on those? Uh, no, I don't. Ma- makes, so. makes sense. Yeah. Makes um, sense. And I've got Heath Mogger asking about the Dare sponsors logo, replacing the manufacturer's logo. I had actually noticed that, and I thought, actually, that's brilliant. Um, watch Collingwood do it next. <laughs> <laughs> and then claim they're the first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's one of those weird ones. When I first saw it, I didn't like it, but it's grown on me. Mm. It's mm. grown on me over the last couple of weeks, and I don't mind it now. Wayne Burgess says, who's burning up the training track and who isn't? Not sure about who isn't, but Dan Butler's apparently training the house down. That's one that's been super impressive, apparently, of the uh, new recruits. Brad Hill's ball use has stood out like proverbial, so that's one to or a couple to probably look out for. Have we got anyone that hasn't quite hit the track yet? I think, I think most of them are okay. Uh, Robbo's back. Yeah, he's back. Yeah, Carlisle's he's back. Carlisle. Howard's moving better than obviously did in the time trial. Yeah, I don't struggle to be out there. <laughs> I think most have returned. It seems. It sounds like. Yeah, but um, I think in terms of who's training well, Dan Butler's been one that we mm. keep hearing pretty good things about. Brad Hill looks pretty good mm. on the track as well. We've seen yeah, a few slots that one from the boundary the other day. Yeah. Yep. Um, we've got another question from Michael Laurie. I'm not really sure why you uh, wrote this one into us, but what's the capital of Venezuela? I don't know. Boys, no. Caracas. <laughs> it is Caracas. Yeah, it is Caracas. There you go, Michael. Caracas. Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> I thought that was the name of a yearling sailor. <laughs> uh, Russ Barclay, will there be a captaincy change? If so, who would be the front runners? Um, I don't think there would be. Yeah, I, I can't see it. Unless this he year. steps aside for some reason or injury or something like that. I don't think there'd be anything this year. And it'd probably go to Seb Ross. If it was, yeah. if it was this year, it would be Seb Ross. I reckon Jack Steele. Yeah, I think he's potentially a year year down the track. Yeah, Yeah. 100%. Jan says, read the China game, a suggestion that we play Port in Darwin the week before the Gold Coast game. We could set up base there for a couple of weeks, get used to the environment and do some massive good for the community with camps, etc. I guess that's all hinging on the coronavirus and whether you Mm. are allowed to go in and out of China. The AFL have said that they won't rush that decision. They've still got a few months, Mm. but I'm sure they'll, it depends how long it sticks around for, but they'll talk to us, they'll talk to Port. They mentioned that we have the bye the following week. So the week of that game, Marvel and the MCG are occupied on both days. Mm. So unless we played on a Thursday or a Monday or just played the following week and had our mm. bye that change, week. Change our bye week. Instead. Yeah. But then you wouldn't want to play going into the game wherever we play Cairns on the uh, – play Gold Coast on the moon or wherever we play them <laughs> Well, it could, it week, could so. mean it could be in Melbourne if it's another week and then we – it's, it's our home, home game, game and then, so, away ga- then a regular away yeah. game. So it wouldn't hurt too much, really. That, yeah, it's our home game, so they better not put it in Adelaide. <laughs> but they'll try. They will try. Yeah. Go away, Koshy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any others to finish on there? Uh, last one from Robbie Gregory. Top eight this year, boys. Predictions? Well, I just said we're going to beat the Gold Coast. Isn't it? So. <laughs> <laughs> I think realistically, just in or just out, I'd, I'd imagine we'd win yeah. between 10 and 12 games and finish 7th yeah. to 10th. Yeah, that yeah. mid-tier is probably yeah. right about the mark. I think I think we'd have to be pretty pretty... Happy with a, a 10-plus win season. Yep. And one that I'll throw in there to finish, with the State of Origin a couple of weeks away and with Max Gorn injured, is Rowan Marshall logically Victoria's Ruckman? I think he has to be. Probably, he yeah. yeah. He'll, nice little bit of early practice against Grundy, I assume. Yeah. So, well, then, what, right. what do you guys think about the elite, elite players suiting up for... 
So it's three per club, isn't it? Yeah, maximum, that's the cap. Yeah, yep. And but that is that for both Victoria and the Allies or three no, in between total? them. Okay. So yeah. so it's fifty four players possibly named. So assuming Marshall plays, I'm just trying to think who else is eligible. And they're mostly Victorians, aren't they? So Jack Billings. Yeah. Uh, well, there'll be an interesting Ross, somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, Dylan Robinson's a Western Australian, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, think, I, I, I wouldn't. Gresham? I wouldn't think he. Well, yeah, I wouldn't think he'd be playing yeah. State of Origin. But Gresham potentially. Yeah. 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 But um, yeah. yeah, I'd say the majority of our players in contention would be in the Victorian team. Yeah, I think a, a lot of fans as well. Are, are, not happy about the idea of, of your best players going off and playing for you know representative teams. Which I, is why it'll never work. Yeah. Well, yeah. I love but, it. But watch I it, love it too. Yeah. Watch it turn into a bit of a yeah. all-star game though. Yeah. Like not much defense. Yeah, no defense, no tackle. Just kicking goals from 60 out. Yeah, glorified <laughs> so. AFLX. But yeah. um, a reminder also about that practice match against Hawthorne, which was not initially, initially scheduled. So we play them in the marsh and then we play them in the Latrobe Valley mm. where sort of H&I's old territory. So we'll uh, take them on in Morwell, which is a, a terrific sporting ground down there. But the AFLW season gets underway this Sunday against the Western Bulldogs at RSEA Park at 10 past three. So go along and support the girls. And then the Marsh Cup just a couple of weeks later. We'll continue to bring you coverage throughout the AFLW and as we draw closer to the start of the men's season as well. Guys, thank you. No worries. 